elephants in the room. I guess, did you hear like the, the tapping? Yeah, the it's when my voice was getting too high. Well, no, when it gets to the end, then you start. Oh, so, like, when you so started, I start now. It was, yeah, yeah, so when you started, it wasn't even, <laughs> oh, it, okay, it hadn't okay, gone into it yet. Hi, guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. Your hostess was the mostest. Just kidding. <laughs> Hi, guys, Nicole here again. Welcome back to listening to me talk for like an hour about all of the traumatic experiences in my life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm like a broken record, but I hope me kind of exposing some of my wounds and struggles helps you guys. I love you guys. I hope you had a really good week. If you guys didn't notice now, if you're listening to this, you don't notice, but if you're watching this, you will notice I got my hair done. Your girl is blonde. Um, I didn't plan to be this blonde, but my hairstylist killed it. And, um, she's one of my good friends too. And so I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. I wish I had a little bit of a tan, but you know, here we are. We're trying new things, guys. We are changing everything. As you guys know, last week I gave you guys a huge announcement. I'm moving to LA and I quit my job of like almost four years. Yeah, I know. I'm losing my mind. No, I'm just kidding. I'm excited, but it's also extremely nerve wracking and scary and I'm anxious and I feel like everything's going to fall apart because I don't ever think anything good is going to happen for me. But as you guys know from last episode, we're working on that. So (laughs) we're, we're processing the change. Um, anyways, that's enough about me. How was your guys' week? Um, I got some really cool DMS and comments this week. So I feel like you guys had a good week. Um, I wish I was able to hear from you guys more and I want to find ways that we can do that. So I don't know if in the future it would be really cool to have like a call in system where you guys can call in and I can kind of talk to you guys or also like doing more Q and A. So if you like that kind of stuff, let me know because I really want you guys to be involved and I want to connect with you guys. So if you guys want to do that, let me know. (laughs) As you guys know, you can see the title. (laughs) But the title is How Bitterness Ruined My Life, How to Let Go and Find Forgiveness for Yourself and Others. This is kind of a heavy subject for me to talk about because it's a little bit embarrassing for me. And it's also like, I don't know, like I feel like I've tied a lot of shame to being bitter in my life and the periods of my life where I felt very bitter. Um, But I also think that it's really good to talk about just because you know, we, we all go through it. I I think, or at least most of us, um, there's been many times in my life where I've been bitter, but I will just start by kind of saying, I feel like most of my childhood, I was like a very joyful person. Like I feel like I was very bubbly and excited and I had a lot of joy even amidst the chaos that was going on. Um, and I think part of that was the way that I coped. I think part of that was, you know, the light of Christ and Jesus. And I think I just had this innocence about life. Like I really just, I don't know. Like I just saw the best in everyone and I just always assumed the best outcome of everything, even though like my home life was really crazy. And, you know, my parents are drug, were drug addicts and, um, I was experiencing a lot of bad stuff. Like I feel like I also was kind of in this fairy tale land in a sense where like for the right reasons, I 
was very positive and happy and joyful no matter what the circumstances was. But I also feel like in the sense of kind of an unhealthy way, I was kind of living in a fairy tale world. And so I would kind of fantasize about a lot of different things. And I think that that helped me cope with what I was going through. So, you know, something people have always said about me, like, my friends and family have always been like, Nicole, you're so gullible. Like you just believe anything that anyone tells you. And it's kind of sad because I feel like that's kind of a good thing. Like we should trust people easily and, you know, like take people's word and assume the best. But unfortunately we just don't live in a perfect world. And so if you're like that, a lot of the times, like you can kind of get burned. And I feel like that happened to me a lot in my life. But moral of the story, growing up, I felt like I was very joyful and um, all these different things. And then I think when I started to kind of grow up and understand what actually happened, like when I finally moved out of my mom's house and I lived with my sister and brother-in-law after CPS was called and we got taken, we got taken away. I think that's when I kind of started to realize like, oh shoot, like that was kind of bad. What happened to me? And I'm kind of mad about it. Kind of mad. And I'm kind of upset and I'm kind of hurt. And I think that really started to happen for me when I started to see the consequences of other people's actions unfold in my life. Like when I got taken away from my mom and CPS got called, I got split up for my brother, my little brother. Um, and I also had to move, I had to change high schools and I was like in the middle of my high school. I was in, um, 10th grade, my sophomore year. And I had a lot of close, close friends and I was on the soccer team and I just like had a couple crushes on boys. Like I was just, I had built this life for myself despite the chaos that was going on in my home life, I had built this life for myself based on all my hard work and, you know, still going to school, still getting good grades, making good choices. I had built this life for myself. And so that kind of getting ripped away from me because of someone else's choices, because of my mom's choices and my little brother being ripped away from me because of my mom's choices was super frustrating. It was super frustrating. And so I feel like that's, when I kind of first started to experience some anger in my life, I guess you could say towards people who have hurt me before that, I feel like I was just kind of like a deer in headlights and just loved everyone and loved my parents and just never was upset or angry at them for anything or for the life that they had given me. Um, when maybe I should have been angry earlier, but I I just wasn't. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of the first time I started to have some anger. And then, um, I feel like I was kind of able to recover from that and be okay and find a lot of forgiveness and peace for my parents. And what happened to me when I got married, because I felt like, oh, you know, despite everything that I went through now I'm married and I'm going to have this like really happy, secure, safe life. And so to me, it was kind of like, as long as I didn't have to reap you know, the consequences of their actions, I was like, okay. Like I was like, I got this, you know, like I got it all figured out. And so, you know, I can have forgiveness for them. 
And I think to a certain extent it came from a good place in my heart, but I also feel like it came from a place in my heart of like contentment in my situation and feeling like I wasn't going to have to go through what I went through with my parents again. And so I was like, well, you know, now that I'm okay and I have this normal life and I get, I'm getting married in the temple and I have this great husband and you know, my life is made, I'm good. I don't have to hold on to that past hurt and I can let that go and I can, you know, love them and forgive them and move forward. And it's all good. And then I got divorced publicly and also left my religion of 19 years. And I was like, dang, (laughs) dang, (laughs) shoot. (laughs) And, um, I feel bad. I know you guys have heard me talk about my parents and my divorce so much, but I mean, it's two huge pivotal things in my life and me leaving my religion. Those are three huge life changing events. Um, you know, and so it kind of all stems from those things. But when that happened, I was like, shoot, my life fell apart. Initially I was very sad and heartbroken and just depressed and all of the things you would feel. But eventually I started to become a little angry, a little hurt. I let that lead into bitterness and that bitterness kind of led into this victim mentality of feeling like the world was out to get me. And no matter what I did, things would always fall apart. And I really let that bitterness steal my joy for a really long time until I slowly learned how to change and heal from that bitterness. So Let's talk about it today. Now let's talk a little bit about bitterness before I get into it. So bitterness usually stems from hurt and then it kind of can turn into this grudge and resentment towards someone else, towards yourself or towards a circumstance. So we can experience bitterness in in a lot of ways for a lot of different reasons, but it's not good. It's not the way that God wants us to live. Like, obviously you guys know we... As Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're not, even if you're not, I feel like this is kind of like a general morality compass that most of us have. Like we are taught to forgive. We are taught to forgive. And the reason we're taught to forgive is because we're all imperfect and we have all messed up, whether that's in our own lives or we've done something that has affected someone else's life. Like we've all done things, you know, forgiveness is so important and I want to just say this too. I never really understood anger biblically. Like I always under, I was always confused of like, okay, biblically, what does God say about anger? Um, and it's not a sin to be angry, but it is a sin to act upon that anger. And I think bitterness is kind of a form of acting upon that. When you start to, you know, obsessively, think about someone or something that they did to you and you have this hatred in your heart and this resentment, I think that that can subconsciously affect the way that you treat that person or even other people, which is super crappy. Cause it's like 
some people didn't do anything to you yet. They kind of get the consequences for what someone did to you. And that's crappy. Um, matter of fact, I'm just going to pull out my Bible and, um, we'll find when God talks about anger in the Bible. Okay. Let's see here. All right. Psalms 37 verse eight, stop being angry, turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And man, is that true? I don't think there's ever a time in my life where I've been angry, where it's led to something good for me or for others. Anger, anytime I've ever acted out in my anger, it's never ended good. Like I actually stand by that statement, whether it's something that happens in one of my relationships. And then I want to confront that person. When I act on my emotion and my anger, instead of taking time to logically process through it, and then, you know, approach it with compassion and empathy, it always turns out wrong. And in the heat of the moment, when we're like really mad, we're like, oh, I just like have to tell this person how I feel and I have to get it out. And like, I'm going to feel so empowered when I like act on this anger. And then when we do it, it's never what we think it's going to be. I know for me, anytime I've ever felt like, oh, like I have to say something right now and they're just going to like, you know, see how frustrated I am. I always regret it. Cause I always say things I don't mean. And I say things that are hurtful and it never produces good fruit. Because let me tell you something, when we go to people from an angry place, they're immediately going to be on the defense. And so their heart is not really going to be open to receiving anything that you have to say. All they're worried about is, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, being attacked and this person's angry you know, they're not worried about what you're saying. And so, you know, that's a sin that I've struggled with is like wanting to express how I feel to someone right away and not being able to take the time to process and like heal from it before telling them how I feel. And I don't think there's anything wrong with telling someone how you feel and telling someone how they hurt you. But I think that the way you go about it is very important. So, all of that to say, let's talk about how I was able to get rid of bitterness in my heart and in my life and let go and forgive myself and others. The first thing that I had to do is to accept and come to terms with the hurt that I had in my heart from others and myself. Sometimes I think we can get angry and bitter because we don't want to recognize the hurt. We don't want to be weak because it's kind of painted in society that you're weak if you're hurt by what someone did to you, whether it's a breakup or a friendship. If someone wronged you in any way, it's easy to want to have this like, you know, better than mentality of like, I deserve better anyways. Or like, I don't care. Like, I'm fine. Like, you know, no one can take away from my happiness. You know, that's very glamorized in society today, which to a certain extent, extent I think is good. You know, I, I do think it's important to like value and love ourselves enough to not let people tear us down and affect us. But sometimes we are just hurt by what someone did to us. And that doesn't make you sensitive. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. So you have to you have to be able to accept that and identify that. 
the next thing I had to do is I had to start to identify how that hurt was able to turn into bitterness. So to turn to bitterness, that hurt had to go through a series of things. You know, initially I probably had to push that hurt down. If I would have just acknowledged the hurt in the first place, I maybe wouldn't have been so bitter, but because I didn't, (laughs) I kind of shoved it away for way too long. When I left my religion and going through my divorce, like so many people were always like, you know, why are you so like sad and like mopey? Like you should be mad. And I was like, no, I'm just sad. Just really sad. (laughs) And because I really always have tried to see the best in people and I give people a lot of chances, which is fine. But moral of the story is I think I pushed that hurt down for so long and I just kept saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay that that happened, it's okay that they did that, it's okay that, you know, this situation, you know, happened to me. And instead of just like giving myself the validation that it wasn't okay and that it shouldn't have happened, I almost like gaslit myself into believing that it was fine. And then eventually I think because I never really felt that emotion of hurt, I let it kind of turn into anger and then bitterness and resentment. I had to learn how to let go of my past and the idealization of what things could have been. Have you guys ever said, oh, but what if, but what if, but what if this happened? But what if that happened? But what if I did this different? But what if they did this different? Guys, let me tell you something. I literally did that all the freaking time. All I, all I thought was, well, what if, but what if, but what if, and I could not let go of the idea of what could have been. I could not let go. I was so stuck on what I thought was good for me and what I thought I needed and who I thought I needed to be with and what religion I needed to be a part of. I was so stuck on what I thought was supposed to be in my life that I let it defer me from my reality, which the reality was, is everything I was trying so hard to fight for was not fighting back for me in any way, situationally, relationship wise, you know, religion wise, everything that I was like holding on to so strong and wanting to keep and wanting to protect, like none of those things were serving me. None of those things were benefiting me. All of those things were hurting me. But I was so obsessed with the idea of what could have been. And I had to let that go. And it took me a really long time. (laughs) Took me a very long time. But that was pivotal to my healing. I had to forgive the people who hurt me and practice empathy with the pain that may be tied to the ways they treated me. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I really believe most of the things that we do to others reflect what's going on inside of us. It's going on inside of our heart. So if we are hurt, if we are broken, if we are insecure, we usually project those things onto other people by our actions. And a lot of the times it's not even intentional. It could be subconscious. And so it's so easy when we get hurt to just 
internalize everything and think that it's all about us and think that it's all about the way that that person feels about us or, you know, whatever it may be. But a lot of the times it's just not like we are all on these life journeys with broken pieces and parts of us. We all struggle with different things. We all, you know, have, we all have different bad habits, different, you know, fears, wounds, all these different things. So I really do think that all of us operate out of a place of hurt and that can just sometimes hurt other people. You guys know the saying like hurt people, hurt people. And it's just so true. It really is when you're hurt. And when you don't love yourself, you don't know how to love someone. You don't know how to treat someone nice. You know, you don't know how to treat someone in all the ways that they deserve to be treated because you're, you're not even familiar with what that means necessarily, you know, and there are some people in the word world who are just kind of bad people to be honest and just do really bad things all the time. But I think we're all bad people at the core. Like, I think we want to do good, but we all, you know, mess up. And like, like Jesus says, we're all sinners, but more of the story, I do think there's some people who just harm people over and over again, and they don't feel much remorse. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that are imperfect, that hurt you sometimes, that make mistakes. Now, whether you've been hurt by someone you think is a decent person who struggles or someone who you feel like is someone who just is kind of a bad person and hurts people without much remorse, I can, you know, I would bet that both of them have a reason deep down. I'm not saying it justifies it, but I'm just saying hurt people hurt people. Usually if they treat you like crap, it really has nothing to do with you. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow because it can feel like it's about us. It can feel like, you know, well, what if they liked me more? What if I was prettier or you know, had a better personality or what if I had this or what if I had that? Like, would they like me more? Am I not their type? Am I this? Am I that? And a lot of times it's just not about you. It doesn't matter who they would be in the relationship with, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, you know, a family relationship. A lot of times it's just not about you. So just don't internalize it. And with that, forgiveness is so important because forgiveness is not only for the other person, it's also for yourself. You're setting yourself free from from the anger and the hurt and everything that you've been through. And you're saying, hey, this may have affected me and this may have changed the trajectory of my life. And I may always have this wound, but I want to move forward with my life and I don't want to carry the weight of that. I don't, I can't carry the weight anymore. I'm, I may have a scar on my chest from it, but I can't carry the weight and I don't want to carry the weight. And I don't want them to carry the weight of that either. So forgiveness is so beautiful on both ends. It's kind of like releasing it's freedom for both parties. So forgiveness is so important. And so I really had to forgive the people that hurt me, even if they didn't ask for forgiveness, even if, you know, there were things they hadn't forgiven me for, even if I necessarily didn't feel ready, 
I had to really hone into forgiveness. Like, I don't think forgiveness is something you ever wake up and you're like, oh, I'm just so ready to forgive this person. Like, I think we have to actively try and want to forgive. And I know for me, the person who helped me to forgive was Jesus. When I was down in the dumps and I had started to, um, process maybe publicly sharing my, my divorce because I hid it for a long time. A lot of people thought I was still married and I wasn't, and it was kind of this whole mess. And, um, that's kind of the time when I like, I deleted my Instagram app for like a year and I was scared to go to any family events and friends, friend events. Cause I, I didn't know how to tell people. And I was so scared to tell people moral of the story. I decided to share a very small statement on my Instagram for the OGs listening to this. You probably remember Um, And I've since taken it down because I don't feel like it's necessary. But at the time I did feel like it was necessary. Um, But yeah, it was kind of just a statement saying, hey, you know, I am getting a divorce. You know, it's been super hard for me. But through this whole journey, I found Jesus and he has healed me and saved me and yada, yada. And during that time in the thick of all of that, everything in me wanted to like act on my emotion and some of the anger that I'd felt in the past towards my parents, towards my marriage, towards the church. Part of me really wanted to act on that. But through that whole experience, God just kept humbling me. And every time I would pray, it was like, Nicole, forgive, 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 forgive. And I was like, Okay. All right. And I feel like God really humbled me in that time to see my own faults and mistakes in my life and also see the ways that hurt can lead to destruction, whether that's bitterness or anything else, toxic habits. And I had saw how hurt had led to bitterness for me and anger. And I thought, wow, I am no better than anyone else. I'm the same. I'm a broken human who gets hurt and wants to act out on it. And I feel like that is the core of what all of us do. And so it was a very humbling time for me, but I really had to forgive and also practice empathy for the people who hurt me. Like I said, just because you have empathy for the people who hurt you doesn't mean that it justifies what they did to you or that what they did to you was right but you can still have empathy for them and forgive them and, and see that, you know, we all need grace. Now we'll talk deeper about forgiveness. Maybe in another episode, forgiving someone doesn't mean that you still have to have a relationship with them. And kind of to tie into that, the next thing that I did is I started to come to peace with the fact that I am only in control of my life and my choices. Have you ever been in a relationship or a friendship or even a situation where you're like, ah, but if I could just, I, I, I know the solution. I know how I can fix this. And if they would just listen to me or if this situation could just go this way, or if they would just, you know, make this decision, everything would be good. 
I got caught up in that so many times in my life in so many ways for so many reasons. And we cannot do that. We have to let people make the decisions that they want to make and we can't enable them. We can't force them. We shouldn't convince them into doing anything else. You know, I think that we can try to serve as wise counsel to our friends and our family and, you know, people we're in relationships with, but ultimately we are all our own people and we all make our own choices. So we can't make choices for other people. I'm sorry. You can't change someone if they don't want to change. But with that being said, since you can't make decisions for people, you're also not responsible for the destruction or the consequences of the choices that other people make. Even though sometimes it affects you in your life, you're not responsible for it. It's not your fault. If someone treated you poorly, it's not your fault. You couldn't have done anything different. Don't go through the cycle. Don't spin in your head and say, Oh, if I would have done this different, maybe they would have done this different and then they wouldn't have done this. Don't, don't play that game with yourself. Let it go. Let it go. It's not worth it. You're only hurting yourself by playing those scenarios in your head. The next thing I had to do is I had to forgive myself for the ways that I failed and forgive myself for the ways I let myself stay in bad situations. I think that's something that I'm still kind of just learning about and realizing is just how much my, you could call it ignorance, you could call it hope in situations or organizations or people, you know, and I'm referring to all the things in my life. You guys know the three things made me stay in situations that were not good. And so it's like, at what point did I become responsible? Because I let myself stay in those situations. I let myself go through some of the things that I went through. And if I would have removed myself sooner from a lot of those situations, I probably would not have experienced nearly as much hurt. So I'm to blame as well. Now, It doesn't make it right. Some of the things that happened to me, but regardless, like you have to be able to take accountability for the ways that you screwed up, whether that's your actions or you staying in a situation that you were being treated poorly in, regardless of what that situation is. And so identifying that and taking accountability for that is so important. And sometimes when you are in a toxic situation, or relationship, it's easy to kind of fall into some toxic habits as well. And sometimes it's to protect yourself. Sometimes it's with good intention, but it doesn't necessarily make it right. So with all of that being said, I had to forgive myself for the ways I feel I failed in a lot of those situations and relationships and the extra hurt that I caused myself. And that was just a really hard pill to swallow for me. It's really easy for me to forgive everyone else, but it's really hard for me to forgive myself. And I still struggle with that. I beat myself up about things for longer than I probably should. But yeah, I had to to learn to forgive myself. (sighs) 
next thing that helped me get over bitterness was realizing that having nothing and no one was better than having what wasn't for me and what was hurting me. I think there's a healthy amount of hurt in every life circumstance, relationship, situation that we go through, but there becomes an extent where it's not healthy. Um, You know, like no things are easy, no relationships easy, nothing's easy, nothing good comes easy. But when you're putting yourself in a situation or relationship where you are just constantly being hurt and constantly being mistreated, it comes to a certain point where it's, it's just not good. And you have to, you have to be able to be okay with being alone and having nothing rather than having what you know, isn't for you and what you know, isn't good for you. (coughs) When I got divorced and I left my religion I had nothing. And those just to like preface being married and being married in the temple when you grow up LDS slash Mormon, those are like the two biggest like goals of life. Like those are huge things. Like I had reached like the pinnacle of what I thought life was through those things. Now, obviously I had goals and dreams and different things, but like, I was like, if I got those two things checked off, like I'm set. So you have to think losing those things for me, that was like huge. Those were the two biggest, most important things, or at least so I thought. And so I had to come to terms with the fact that it was better to have nothing at all than to have something that was wrong for me and to be in a relationship that was not for me. That was something that was really hard about the church. Um, And I speak delicately about this because number one, I understand how it is to be in anyone who is still in the Mormon faith's shoes or the LDS faith's shoes. Whenever I would hear, you know, people who had left the church talk about the church, it was hard for me. And, um, I felt disrespected a lot of the time. So I say this, you know, out of a place of love and also, as carefully as I possibly can to try to respect and show, you know, love to those people who believe in the church, which I love so many members and, you know, so many good people in the church. But moral of the story is what I'm trying to say is when I did finally leave the church or right up before I left the church, when I was finally getting to the place where I was ready to leave the church, there was something in me that was holding on for dear life to the comfort of the church and all of the ways that it benefited my life. I knew that if I left the church, I was going to experience persecution. I knew that if I left the church, I was going to experience judgment. I knew that if I left the church, the safety and security that I had always relied on was going to be gone. I knew that if I left the church, I had no predictability or security in knowing who I would date, if I would ever get married, if anyone would ever want to be with me as, you know, an ex-Mormon. All I had ever dated was 
LDS guys. And so when I left, it was kind of like, I had no idea what my life was going to look like after that. Cause I was losing all that I knew within it. But what it came down to for me was I knew, I knew that God had revealed to me that it wasn't the truth. And when I knew that, it sucked because I wanted to stay and I wanted to hold on to the good parts. But I knew in my heart that I couldn't stay in something I believed wasn't true. As comforting and great and safe as it was. And it honestly sucked. Now I say that all with a grain of salt because obviously everyone has their opinions, everyone has their beliefs, but based on the research that I did, the biblical truth that I found, and obviously like, you know, my one-on-one relationship with God, that is where I came to. Now, if you have a different belief or opinion, I totally respect you and I love you. I'm just kind of trying to share my story here, um, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, and then, you know, with my relationship, it was like I knew at a certain point that as much as I wanted it to work, it wasn't going to. And um, I had to kind of accept, okay, like I could be alone forever and never find someone that I love as much or that, you know, I whatever. And I had to accept that. And I didn't know if I'd ever find someone that I loved the way that I loved that person. I didn't know if I'd ever find someone that I felt like I was compatible with all these different things. I felt like I was losing so much and I had to kind of be okay with the fact that like, maybe I wouldn't ever find anyone and maybe I'd be alone. But I had to come to terms with the fact that that was better than being in the situation that I was in. And same thing for the church. It was hard, but I know after I found out some things that I did and, and came to the place in my faith that I did, I knew I couldn't turn back as much as I wanted to, because I knew that if I stayed in the church, I would be like living a lie. Even if other people don't have that same opinion in my heart of hearts, I knew that for me, I, I feel like I would be living a lie and I just couldn't do that. And so that is when I started to accept that having nothing was better than having things that weren't right for me. And with that, I started to be able to become content in my loneliness. And that was really hard. (laughs) It was really hard to be content in my loneliness because I'm such a codependent person recovering codependent person, might I say, (laughs) I've gotten a lot better, but, um, yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard to be alone. 
And I had a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of tears and a lot of panic attacks and a lot of good stuff. But through that all, I was able to um, grow a love for myself and grow a familiarity with myself and a comfort with myself that I never had before. Um, and I just ultimately knew that it was time to stop letting people steal my joy and stop being the victim. We can stay in the victim mentality as long as we want. And we are all victims of hurt. We are all victims of bad things that have happened. And some of us more than others. And I don't want to invalidate what you've been through. I'm not saying that you were not a victim. What I'm saying is you deserve a happy, healthy, joyous life. You deserve all of the good things in this world. And it is not worth holding on to that just to have the validation of knowing, oh, I'm a victim rather than moving on and letting go and enjoying life and, and taking your life back, taking your life back. So I'm not saying that you're not a victim. I'm a victim. And I'm not saying that you can't feel as you were a victim in situations. What I'm saying is you've got to be able to move on because if you ever want to have a happy, healthy life, you've got to let it go. And you've got to like, not let that steal your joy and that, that steal your life. And I got to a point where I was just so sick of letting what had happened to me make me angry and bitter and resentful. And like life was out to get me. I was like, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to be happy. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. And so I kind of had to let go of that to move forward. And to kind of tie into that, I learned to trust God with nothing. When I first developed my relationship with Jesus Christ, he was my companion. And there was a lot of little ways that he blessed me with peace and with people and with direction and with a, a faith so deeply rooted in him. But to be fair, right when I developed my relationship with Jesus is right when my life fell apart, when everything was taken from me and I had nothing. And I'm so grateful for that because it helped me see how God is enough. Jesus was enough. I spent a lot of really intimate moments with just me and Jesus. Crying, sobbing, screaming. Alone. But I started to fully depend on him for everything to get me through every second of every day. Because without him, I just wouldn't have been able to, quite frankly. And so I was able to trust God with nothing and to love God with nothing. And that was such an amazing time in my life. And sometimes I even look back to that time and I, and I miss it. Because everything else gets in the way and get compl- gets complicated. But um, after that happened, after I started to have contentment with just Christ, 
I started to see how God was changing my heart and he was changing me from the inside out. He wasn't changing my circumstances. He was changing my heart. And when my heart started to change, my outlook on my circumstances started to change. And I had more joy and I had more peace. I had more passion. And the beautifulness about that is when I was able to trust God, when I was able to forgive, when I was able to let go of my bitterness and start living my life out of a place of peace and love and gratitude. That's when God started to really bless me with those outside circumstances that I, that I had wanted forever, you know, and then everything was taken away from me. And then, you know, I met Jesus and I was like, Oh Jesus, you're enough. But then it's crazy because after that, that's when God started to really bless me and everything that was taken away from me, he blessed me with times a billion. So I've shared this with you guys, but the picture of Jesus holding a really big teddy bear behind his back and it's a little girl holding a big teddy bear, holding it, squeezing it and being like, God, I love it. I don't want to let it go. And he says, just trust me. And behind his back, he's holding a big teddy bear. That has been my life. But before I was able to get to that point, I became a very negative person. I became a very bitter person. And being a bitter person affected how I treated people. It affected how I treated my family, my friends. I was taking my anger out on people who didn't even hurt me. I was taking my anger out on myself by talking down to myself and by starting to hate the way that I, I just walked through life with a negative attitude. And then Jesus said, no, 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 no. We're going to fix that. And he helped me let go of that. But it took a really long time, guys. I really was bitter and negative and sad and felt like life was out to get me for a good amount of time until Jesus rescued me from that. And then it's crazy because like, you know, come, you know, it's been, I gave my heart to the Lord almost four years ago. And it is absolutely insane to see what he has done in my life. If I could have looked forward and saw what my life was going to be in, who I was going to have in my life now, I wouldn't have been holding on so tight to what I thought I wanted or what I thought I needed. God always knows what's best, guys. Like, he he does. When I met David, um... I was blown away by like how perfect he was for me. Like of all the people that I've dated in my life and all of the people I've thought are so perfect for me, which I haven't dated many, but you know, David's personality fits with mine so well. And David is so patient with me. And there's just so many little things I can't even explain to you guys that just make so much sense with David. And it makes me realize 
how like perfect I thought my other relationships were and how great of a fit I thought they were. I'm like, no, they weren't. No, 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 no. <laughs> like now that I have David, I, I'm like, wow, like this is, it, it just makes so much more sense. So much more sense. And everything that I've been through, I think has shaped me into who I need to be for David and vice versa. And it's so beautiful to see God's work. To see through all the pain that we all go through, through all the heartache, through all the character building moments, he's leading us into something greater and it all aligns. And when you see that, you're like, dang, I should have trusted God more. So if you're going through something hard and you're feeling bitter and resentful, just know that there is a plan here. And just as joy doesn't last forever, neither does sadness. It goes up and down in waves. But God is going to do things in your guys' lives. And this last episode, when I kind of told you guys all my new news, is a huge a huge testament to my faith of God literally restoring my life and starting to bless me with the desires of my heart. Cause like pursuing this podcast and having it, you know, help pay some of my bills is a huge dream of mine. And God is helping that to happen. Being closer to David and progressing in our relationship and having community. That's a part of my dream. And he's blessing me with that being removed from like the draining nine to five job situation that I've been in for my whole life. He's freeing me from that. Like he's freeing me from so many things and I'm seeing how a lot of my prayers are being answered and it's beautiful. And the last thing I just want to say guys is it's not that deep your life will move forward. If you're struggling with bitterness and resentment, just know that the way you feel is not going to last forever. The pain you're feeling, yeah, it may never go away fully, but you will come to peace with it and you will heal from it and you will start to have so many great things come into your life And it won't be the focus anymore. It won't be all you think about. It won't be all that consumes you. It'll be a part of your story. I promise you guys, it gets better. It does. As someone who thought she'd never be okay again. I know I've said this before, guys. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. I know it feels like the end of the world right now. I know it feels like everything's crashing down. I know it feels like you're never going to be okay. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. When I experienced one of the worst panic attacks I've ever had, I was sitting in my room And I laid on my bed and I screamed out to God, why? Why, God? Why? I 
I didn't understand what he was doing. And I didn't want... I didn't want those things to be taken away from me. I was holding on for dear life to those things. And I sat there saying, why God, why, why, why? And I couldn't let it go. I couldn't accept my reality. And I started throwing my shoes, my clothes, my hangers all around my room, screaming at the top of my lungs with so much anger, so mad at God. And if I could go back and tell that girl, tell the younger me, It's all going to make sense. It's all going to be okay. And this pain is not going to last forever. Not like this. You will carry this pain with you, but it's not going to hurt you like this. God has more for you. I really hope that you guys know it's not over. Your story's not over. It's not. So don't stop fighting. And don't let anger and bitterness ruin your life. Let yourself have joy. Let yourself have peace. Let yourself have good moments and enjoy them. I love you guys. I hope this episode helped you. I hope that what I said made sense. Sometimes I feel like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I hope you guys have a great week. Sorry. I'm like, all right, I'm out of my, (laughs) sorry. That like got really sad for a minute. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope that things work out for you this week. I hope that a prayer is answered for you this week. I hope that you accomplish something on your to-do list this week. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm heading out to Florida on Wednesday. I'm going to be with David for two days and then I am going to friend's wedding. So I'm super excited. Um, and then the next couple weeks are going to be super crazy for me. Cause as you guys know, I quit my job and I'm moving to LA and then right after I moved to LA, I'm going on tour. So even though this next month is going to be super fun, it is going to be super stressful cause it's kind of that transition period. So I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I'm grateful and I'm blessed. I love you guys. I will talk to you guys next week. If you want to support me, you can follow this podcast on TikTok, on Instagram at Elephants in the Room. I also started a YouTube channel. (laughs) Hopefully you guys are watching on here, but if you're not, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, Elephants in the Room on there as well. You can follow my personal Instagram and TikTok, Nicole.Donna. Um, you can also leave this podcast a rating. Give it a five star, please. I know I'm a little bit of a mess, but I try. I try, I try to give you guys some good stuff. I try, I try to, I try to love on you guys. I don't know. Um, but yeah, leave me a review and share on your social media. 
Um, I love you guys. And I will close out this episode by saying what elephants are in your room. My name is Nicole and I will talk to you guys.